Hello, 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 and welcome back to Blush You, the podcast where you tell us your juiciest stories and we get to dish on them. My name is Callie and I am your co-host. And of course, I'm here with my girl, Elise. Hello. How are we? Hello. We are good. We are on top of it. We are recording again. So we don't take like a month long break like last time. Whoopsie daisies. Whoops. The big old whoops. I know. I looked at the spacing between some of the podcast air dates and I was like, ooh, (laughs) what were we doing? (laughs) Who knows? We both have messes of lives. It's fair. That is fair to say. Okay. Today we're going to be talking about basically having a quarter life crisis at age 30, which I think is completely acceptable. Mm -hmm. Yes. I'm here for it. I agree. Okay, good. Let's share our sparkles first though. Okay. Um, I'll go. Um, I did a, I've been, so I've been reading, um, burning bright by Kelsey Patel. If you're my client, I've told everybody about this book because it's actually the first book Callie that I am like, actually don't have to force myself to read. It's really weird. It's exciting. Um, is it so, about murder? No, it's about like self-help. <laughs> Oh boy. I know. Um, but it's great. And she's like a Yogi Reiki master. And I just like love all of the stuff that I'm learning. And so I went to her website and it was like, find a healer. And, um, so I had heard about Reiki. I actually like bought a book on Amazon about Reiki. And so I scheduled a Reiki session with this woman named Lisa and it was called, it's like distance Reiki. So, I like connected with her, gave her my phone number, gave her like a picture of me. And then at our scheduled time, I like laid down and played like meditation music and just like laid there for 30 minutes. And then she called me afterwards and kind of told me like what all came through. And it was wild. I didn't give her any background on me at all. Wait, what? (laughs) What's this look? (laughs) Like, how is that any different than being a psychic? I I think it's, I think it's within the realm of like being a medium and like working with spirit is what she called, like, is what she referred to it as. Um, but she must have, I mean, I don't know how she would, I mean, she like knew significant stuff about me that I was like, okay. Well, did she Google or like find your Instagram? Like, what if she spent that 30 minutes just like (laughs) searching you online? (laughs) That's like definitely a possibility because <laughs> she did have my social media page. <gasps> she followed me, but and I'm choosing need background. Like I'm, I'm too. And I'm so like, literally, if you were to go to my page, you could know everything about me probably. Exactly. Okay. I'm, I'm choosing. I'm cold. yeah. Yeah. Don't shit in my little, <laughs> in my little circle of woo woo. Okay. It was really cool. She talked about like my inner child and like my relationship with Carl. And she talked about my relationship with my dad. And she talked about like, um, all of our losses and kind of like where I need to focus all of my energy. And it just like felt good, especially going into this transfer. Like I oscillate between like literally could poop my pants and like totally excited. And so it was nice to just like, get it, like get some energy released and be hopeful and be excited. And so my first Reiki experience was 10 out of 10. Well, I mean, whatever works, boo-boo. I know. Like, we don't need to question it. Well, I mean, I know I am questioning it, but that's because I'm a cynical little twat. Um, but like you shared with me some of the things she said, and I was like, yeah. Mm. Yeah. some of it I was like, mm. but I'll, I would say 85%, which is a pretty high percentage. That's yeah. like a solid B, maybe even yeah. B plus, was pretty accurate. And, and not only accurate, like helpful. So- that's good. By the way, you never sent me your, um, sheet of facts. Oh yeah. I also had, so yesterday was a jam packed day. I had Reiki in the morning and then I had therapy in the afternoon. And by the end of the day, I was like, I'm dead inside. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was too much. Um, but yeah, my therapist, Lori shout out, who's raising your rates to $250 a session, which is completely out of my price range. So I'm in the 
I'm in the works of finding a new therapist because your girl cannot like, that's so much money. That's so much money anyways. Um, but she told me to come up with a list of facts going into my transfer. And so in my notes on my phone, I wrote out, what are the facts? Question, question, question. And then I put send to Callie. And then that is all. Yeah. You came back and you were like, oh my gosh, listen to what Lori said. And I was like, I've never heard that advice before in my life. That is brand new information. (laughs) Isn't that that so annoying when you tell someone something 12 times and it's like their therapist says it. I have written out all of the facts for you and you're like, yeah, but it doesn't feel right. I'm like, well, good thing. Feelings aren't facts. (laughs) I know my feelings are very convincing, honestly, but someone told me, um, oh, it was my friend. She goes, your feelings are always valid, but not always reliable. And that has really like drilled into my head because I think because I'm such an emotional person and I'm so in touch with my feelings all the time that they're kind of like the guiding force in my life. And so I have to like give myself a little check and be like, okay, your feelings are not always reliable, my friend. Well, they're not facts. Right. Like you can feel really shitty about doing the right thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like when you know that you, something needs to be done, but you have horrible feelings about it. It's like, okay, at some point though, you have to choose Mm. which one is going to drive you. And it's like, you can, that doesn't mean those feelings go away. It doesn't mean they don't exist. It doesn't mean they're not valid. It just means they shouldn't be the driving force. This is like Myers-Briggs, like T versus F. Like if you, Mm -hmm. are you like an emotional decision maker or like logical thinking decision maker? I don't ever make decisions based off of facts ever. I mean, and the goal for Myers-Briggs really isn't to be like, feelings are the best or thinkers are the best. Like that's not the point. It's to show you that you're a little out of balance. And so it's to help you work on the other side. I also make decisions based off of emotions, but I have realized over the years that because I knew that, I mean, I took Myers-Briggs when I was 16, like I was young. And so I've been working on, you know, using that muscle for a long time, which is why sometimes I get stuck, you know, like I get so cuspy that I'm like, which one, like I can recognize both sides. And so I'm not saying it's always easy, but in this situation, like your feelings are completely counterproductive. (laughs) Yes. A hundred percent. They're like, they're literally the worst. They're so bad. (laughs) They're fucking horrible. I'm like, I don't like them, but I also understand that. That's the thing. I don't want to diminish them because it's like, would I have those feelings too? Probably. Yeah. You know, I I would say probably so. Um, but that still doesn't mean that's the right call. Mm -hmm. So I would like a sheet of facts, please. Cause I would like to edit them and make sure that they are not twinged with your emotions. I need like complete boring facts coming to you. Okay. What's your, what's your sparkle? (laughs) I don't know. I mean, so obviously most of you saw that there was a leaked opinion from justice Alito about Roe versus Wade. I understand that justice Roberts came out and said, this wasn't even our final decision. This is horrible. I mean, first of all, the fact that someone leaked a hard copy of the opinion is just wild to me. I mean, I was talking, one of my friends actually, sorry, just spit. I'm very emotional. (laughs) Um, was like actually clerked for a Supreme court justice. So he was saying there's only probably maybe 50 people at the most who had access to this. And because it was a hard copy and because it was such a sensitive decision, like maybe less. So, I mean, just that alone, it's like, what is going on? I mean, I am so curious as to who leaked it and why and all this. Um, and I love that they're like, you know, the, the Supreme court is like such a high institution. And this is like a huge, you know, breach of confidentiality and just like horrible. And people are like, Oh wait. So you're telling us that you want privacy. Cause that's what we want. (laughs) Yeah. We also would like privacy to make our own decisions for our own body. So 
I was weird waking up this morning because a lot of people are like, you know, this is the end of the world. And my reality is it's not because I live in California. And basically what happens is if Roe versus Wade is overturned, which it's, it looks like that's inevitable. And by the way, this isn't going to be the first one that's overturned. If this happens, um, Oberfeld's going to be overturned gay marriage. I mean, we're all fucked. And so, what? uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. They come for the women first gays are next. I mean, they're coming for all of us and it's depressing. Um, and horrifying and it's really obnoxious to those people who said you're overreacting uh with the 2016 election what's the worst that could happen it's like well you know the guy who starred on the apprentice just filled three supreme court seats so that's what happened and that's how we got here so it actually was as dire as a lot of people were making it out to be and how i made it out to be so yeah, it's nice to feel validated, I guess, but not really in this situation. So basically if it's overturned, it'll become a state's issue. And I think 26 states have already, already have trigger laws in place, which means if Roe versus Wade is overturned, they have their own laws that come into place. And I think the majority of the 26 have very restrictive laws on abortion or have made it illegal altogether. So if you live in one of those 26 states, I mean, frankly, you're in danger uh, because this isn't just about, you know, quote, reckless women drinking, doing drugs and getting knocked up in the backseat of a car. Like, give me a break. Like, that's not even the narrative we're talking about. Does that happen? Sure, whatever. But we're talking about ectopic pregnancies. We're talking about pregnancies that are going to miscarry on their own anyway. I mean, we're talking about really intense, dangerous situations, as well as just not wanting to force your body to do something you don't want it to do. So there's so much that goes into it. And California is safe. California is never going to outlaw abortion. California is always going to be a safe space for people. And so I feel very privileged and very lucky, but it's just a heavy day. So I don't really know if I have a sparkle. I'm more just thinking about all of you who woke up this morning scared Mm -hmm. Um, because this is, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. You should be, this is scary. Um, It's good to know that we do have some sanctuary states. So you're never going to be out of options, but that's expensive. Mm -hmm. You already have to go through a horrible medical procedure that you don't want to go through. Um, I mean, some people do want to go through it, but it's, it's still a horrible procedure. It's not fun. And a lot of times it costs money. And then you're also looking at a flight now and a hotel. I mean, give me a break. Like, Mm -hmm. I just don't understand why this country wants to make life so hard for women. It's just ridiculous. And yes, gay marriage is very much in danger, which also breaks my heart because it'll be, I'm sure it'll be legal in California. I mean, it wasn't for a while, right? With the um, prop eight that I, I doubt that'll happen again. I guess I just didn't realize and like, bear with me because I literally have the like, like the knowledge of big issues like I am not very aware but just join Twitter yeah (laughs) I need to but I I I guess I didn't realize that laws could be overturned well it's not a law that's the thing it's a Supreme Court justice decision and so that's what the Democrats didn't do. But like gay marriage should be a right. Like you should be able to marry whoever the fuck you want to marry. For sure. But we didn't codify anything, which was a huge mistake. And of course, I'm not in politics. I don't, I also don't understand how the sausage is made. I'm sure you have big dreams of getting everything done when you get elected and then you get there and you realize, holy shit, it's a lot harder than you realize. But, but we like did let this decision just hang in the for 50 years and the word abortion is not in the constitution this is going to sound radical but like i'm actually not a big fan of the constitution remember black people were three-fifths of a human being when the constitution was originally written so like sorry but i i'm i'm not as biggest fan girl you know what i mean but um the decision was a little precarious to begin with because it's not fully written out in the constitution so it makes sense that a supreme court would come in and be like ah, nope that but like, makes sense. So it's overturned. So what does that mean for people who are gay, who are married? They have a marriage license. So you that- can't take that away. Oh, but okay, it's, okay. but it's that anyone. So like, actually some of my, my best friends in LA, John and Jordan 
got married during that time in California. It was like a six month period where gay marriage was legal um, before Prop 8 came in and overturned it. And so they got married during that six month phase and um, nothing happened, right? They were still married whenever that was overturned and they've been married now for 14 years or something like that. So Mm. um, it's not that marriage can't be reversed. I mean, you'd have to get a divorce in order to do that, but still, I mean, it just sucks because there's going to be a lot of young people rushing to the altar because they want to legitimize their relationship before it's overturned. Mm. And that sucks. You shouldn't feel pressured into doing this. And two, Mm. it's what if you haven't met the right person yet? You know, Mm. what if you meet them later and then that option's not available to you. And by the way, I mean, marriage benefits are vast. Like if you want to talk about a political party that likes family issues, like why wouldn't you like marriage? Marriage creates stability. (laughs) It's just, I don't know. It's kind of like they're shooting themselves in the foot. I don't really understand that. Um, and I, and I know this is all, you know, me predicting this, this hasn't happened yet. It's just like kind of obvious when you look at the way the wind's blowing. So Mm. yeah, it's just really devastating. I feel like we all need a break. (laughs) That'd be nice. No, I feel like just life has been really hard for the past three years and Mm. Maybe that's just my little naive person inside me, but I wish we could all just have a break and just be peaceful and spread love. That'd be great. Yeah. That'd but, be nice. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. Just know, just know Callie, Callie, the human and Callie, the state are here for you. <laughs> Cause and it, you know, whatever. I'm always like, I don't mean to make this political. Yeah, I do. (laughs) Yeah, I do. (laughs) This is how it goes. This is politics. This is where I stand. I want every woman to be able to make the right decision for her. And I feel strongly about that and I'm never not going to. So just know, and and I think a vast majority of the people, I mean, abortion polls actually pretty high because women are like, yeah, if that happened to me or that happened to my daughter, I want to be able to do what's medically necessary for both of us. It's not that hard. Okay. Well, that was fun. What an uplifting sparkle. Reiki, woo-woo, anxiety, and abortion. Yeah. Welcome to our 49th episode of Bless You. (laughs) Okay. Let's dive into today's letter. This is an interesting intro. I haven't seen this one before. Hi, all. I'm writing in today because I need some perspective and help adjusting to my new life. I'm a 29 year old living in a major East coast city. I'm going to guess New York, but we could also do Boston. Mm. What do you think? DC. Okay. I moved here during the pandemic with my fiance for his job. I had no position lined up, but we decided that I could find one when we were there. It took almost 10 months of looking, but I found a position. It paid less than I was used to, but we agreed that money didn't matter since he made more than enough to support both of us. Fast forward to him calling off our engagement three months later. I moved out into a place with six other people, all of them in their early twenties, because I couldn't afford a place of my own with my current salary. I have applied for several promotions at work that would allow me to move out and start living my own life, but I keep getting passed up for mediocre white guys, the enemy. As I get closer to my 30th birthday, I can't help but compare my life and feel lost and behind. I am alone, broke, and in a dead end job, and I'm living with six other people. Aren't I supposed to have this all sorted out by now? How can I stop comparing my life to my friends, my ex, and my expectations of life at 30? From... 30 flirty and not so thriving. I do have to say that when I said the enemy that wasn't in the letter, that was just me. That was, that was a sidebar. Yeah. That was a sidebar. That wasn't our letter writer. That was just me commentating. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm sad. Yeah. This letter makes me so sad. Not because she's sad or because her life is sad, but because she just got such an unfair shake, which happens, right? Like this happens. This shit happens yeah. all the time. Can she recover from it? Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. Um, okay. Oh God. Where do we even start? One fuck men. <laughs> yeah. You know, I feel like the main 
feeling that I got in reading this was just like blindsided, right? Like it sounds and fuck this guy, whoever this guy is, fuck you. Because the fact that you invite your partner to move to a new place, let her get a job that is, doesn't pay enough to support what maybe she feels is reasonable or she feels secure in because you're going to take care of her. And then three months later, you fucking call off the engagement and with absolutely no heads up like that, that's fucked up. Yeah. This is why marriage is important. Just a call back to what we were talking about before, because marriage gives you rights, legal rights. People are like, why do I want to get married? Why do I want to get the government involved this right here? So that we can protect not just women, men too, um, anyone who gets married, right? Same sex, whatever. It's for protection. So that if someone screws you over, you are at least entitled to something, right? You split assets, alimony, whatever it is. It's for legal protection. She didn't have that because she was engaged. Okay, I'm not saying that everyone needs to get married for legal protection. That's kind of scary. If you actually (laughs) think you need it, maybe you shouldn't be in that relationship, but you get my point. So- It's yeah. I mean, it's devastating that he really helped put her in this position, but she did too. She also willingly trusted someone moved with them, did something she knew probably wasn't the smartest thing. One waited, you know, didn't have a job lined up beforehand Mm because I'm sure on assistance of, you know, I want to be there with you. I need you there with me. We can figure that out. And then, Oh, just take the job. It's fine. It'll work itself out. It's like, okay, lesson learned. We're never going to do that again. Yeah. Even when you're in a really good, stable, healthy relationship, you still have to do what's best for you first, because what's best for you should also be what's best for your partner Mm. in healthy relationships. That's typically how this works out. Mm -hmm. So lesson learned, just consider that a lesson. You know, you're, you're almost 30. You're not 80 years old with your most of your life behind you. It's like most of your life is ahead of you. Okay. Great lesson to learn. You're never going to make this mistake again. Living with six people is punishment enough. Yeah. (laughs) Shit. Yeah. So, I mean, part of me is wondering why she's still there. Yeah. My immediate thought is like, get the fuck out. Like you hate your job. You hate who you live with. I'm sure living in the same city, you might run into this asshole who broke your heart. And you know, I'm even, Anytime you have like negative memories in a place, whether that's a house or a school or whatever, I think there's a lot more opportunity to be triggered, right? Like Mm -hmm. restaurants that you guys went to together, your old neighborhood, old friends you bump into and they're like, how are you? And you're like, great, you know, so let's move. Yeah. It seems like she's just punishing herself. Yeah. Like she knows mistakes were made because she points them out. She says, you know, I didn't have a job job lined up. I knowingly took a position that was below me that I shouldn't have taken. It's like, and then I couldn't see the signs and he called it off. It's like, okay, clearly you are taking some accountability, hanging a lantern over what went wrong here. So Mm -hmm. stop punishing yourself. I mean, this sucks. I'm not going to sit here and blame all of this on him because again, you clearly knew better, but like, We don't have to continue to punish ourselves for making mistakes. Mistakes are meant to learn from. I could totally see myself in this situation like years ago. Yeah. Like just seeing a situation through like rose colored glasses and you just have all the hope in the world and you just like want to be there to support your partner, you know? And then it's like, and now because it, and somewhere along the way, she probably did have a little like intuition, like you know, are you only seeing one side of the coin? And I, I bet that's why she's now punishing herself because maybe she did have a little bit of inner knowing that she wasn't really protecting herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think I I'm also wondering if she feels like 29 slash 30 is too quote late to start over. Um, she's not starting over is that's like what I'm getting. I'm like, there's no starting over here. Your resume is not wiped clean, right? Your experience is not wiped clean. Like you, you took a chance, you went and you pursued something. It did not work out. 
you're at a company that doesn't value you. Mediocre white men. <laughs> Today of all days to see that phrase. I'm like, yes! I'm like, yeah. I mean, think about it. They're the ones who are at war against your uterus. <sighs> so so if yeah if you're like getting passed over for a guy named freaking david who doesn't have as much experience or passion for life as you then i mean it's time to get out of that place anyway no one wants to be stuck in a position where there's no forward growth i mean trajectory is a huge part of the human experience and if we do not have forward momentum we feel stuck, trapped, depressed, angry, however you react to that feeling, but none of it's good. So one, it's time to transfer anyway, get a new job. But my question is like, why are we forcing this big East major East coast city, which to me also screams money because you're living with six other people. I mean, if that doesn't scream New York, I don't know what does. I wish I knew cause I'm nosy, but it's like, I'm not even getting vibes that she's obsessed with this city anyway. I guess I'm not getting vibes that she doesn't like it, but like, I don't know. Yeah. I wonder if maybe she feels like she deserves all of this, like on some level, like her self-worth and her confidence has just been shot to shit. And like, you know, when you go through something traumatic, I think it's only our natural response to try to make meaning out of it. And sometimes that meaning, even though there's no validity to it at all, still helps you cope with the trauma, right? Like with kids who were abused, they might have their brain might come to the conclusion and create a narrative of like, well, I'm a bad kid. I'm a bad person. And therefore I deserve this abuse, you know? So I Mm -hmm. wonder if maybe on some level, after getting her heart broken and prioritizing her partner's needs above her own, like maybe there's some like worthiness or deservability stuff that's coming up. And maybe that's why she's like, all right, well, fuck it. If I like, maybe she thinks that this is what she deserves now on some like unconscious level. Right. I agree. And instead she needs to be focusing on not letting this happen to her in the future. But, you know, she's hung up the last question we get to second to last. Aren't I supposed to have this all sorted out by now? No, (laughs) Uh, no. Let me paint you a picture here. Let's say that you married this dude. Okay. And then he convinced you to quit your job and then you had babies and then he traded you in for a newer model And now you have no job, a 10 year gap on your resume, and you can't afford New York with two kids and no job. And you literally have nowhere to go. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is the reality of so many women's lives and it's not too late for them to figure it out. Right. They were dealt a much worse hand because it escalated. Right. And part of me loves this guy for calling it off. Like, thank God. You know what I mean? Um, there are other relationships that would continue to move forward and the guy would just find a way to make himself happy on the side as well. So this could be much worse and it is a privilege to learn this lesson at 29. I know that it sucks, but there are plenty of women out there nodding their head going, "Mm -hmm," because they had to figure this out in a much more difficult environment, but we're resilient. We figured this out. So the idea of, am I supposed to have this all sorted out by now? Nope. That is a fallacy and not true. Yeah. I don't think we ever have it all figured out. I think you go through like seasons where your life is in like a state of flow and balance and you are connected and, you know, in alignment with your truest self and things are working and you feel good. But like most of the time, that's not the reality. And like, I think that we're so caught up in this, like, narrative and this agenda that we have to, that there's some like sequential order of life and that you, you know, by this age, find your person by this age, you're engaged by this age, you buy your first house by this age, you're married by this age, you have babies. And it's like, says who, you know, well, says the 1950s. Um, yeah. but you know, we're millennials. Are you a millennial? These? I am a millennial. Okay. I wasn't I'm like, totally sure. 
Yeah, I'm like right on the cusp. Because there's a little bit of Gen Z in you. You're used to having the <laughs> camera on your face all the time. And I feel like that's super Gen Z. A Zoomer, if you will. I am I am like the epitome. You're the OG millennial. I am like Andrew. Well, Andrew is an elder millennial, as he calls himself. That's he Carl very Dale. much identifies with being a millennial. But basically the 1950s, even 1980s, man, what a time to be a thriving 20, 30, something the eighties shit. But, uh, yeah, no, that's, that doesn't exist for our generation. So 30 is no longer that milestone of pure adulthood. I actually was reading something the other day on Twitter, which is the source of all truth. And it was something to the extent of like, man, the real crazy twist in, um, oh, what's that 30 go 13 going on 30 is that a 30 year old has a good job. <laughs> it's like, forget the time travel thing. Forget all of that is the fact that a 30 year old has this incredible job. And it's so true. It's like, things are just not the same as they used to be. Um, and so I think you need to stop getting so worked up about this. And also I used to have this mentality that like, if I don't make it by a certain point, it's just never going to happen, which is absolutely not true. Again, people peak and valley at different ages. A lot of people who peak hardcore in their forties, fifties, sixties have amazing narratives about how their twenties, thirties, and forties were complete shit. So just remember that this is a snapshot of your life. This is, this is, this can be a defining moment for you in the sense that you're never going to, to put yourself second again. Yeah. And that is a promise you should make to yourself. Please do not listen to a man ever again, who encourages impulsive decisions or reckless decisions or irresponsible decisions. Um, you know, like it's just, it's not, that's not someone who cares about you, Mm -mm. you know? So that's the lesson here. Not that, you know, yeah. Yeah. I also feel like probably a huge source of her disappointment and punishment of herself is that the fact that she is comparing herself to everybody else. Mm -hmm. Anytime you compare yourself to anybody, you're going to feel like shit. Like, and that's just the reality of it. And I don't think that social media helps. I I know that social media doesn't help at all. So if you're, you know, looking at all your friends, getting engaged, getting married, having babies, buying their first, you know, like you're going to feel like crap. And that doesn't mean I forget. I forget who I was talking to, maybe another woo woo person, but it's, you know, in our whole infertility journey, seeing other people get what I so badly want is hard. Right. And it's less triggering now, but in the beginning it was really like, it was soul crushing. And this person told me that we all have, like, if you look at our journeys, like bowling alleys, like you're not in a bowling game with your people checking the lane aside from you, what that random person is scoring. And I think that realizing that everybody's story is curated and has purpose and each defining moment is there for a reason. And you're probably just at a low in your story, comparing yourself to someone else's high. And that doesn't mean that a high is not coming for you. That just means that you're comparing apples to oranges, you know? Mm -hmm. I also want her to find some perspective in the sense that she doesn't understand that she might be living out other people's dreams. Like we don't understand how we come across. Um, so she is assuming that her ex is thriving. I mean, her ex is going to live a life where he continues to fuck people over. So is that really who you like want to compare yourself to? Like what is she? And, and like karma comes full circle. So he's mm-hmm. going to, he's going to get his. Yeah. Share like karma. I must've, I must've been a horrible person at some point in my life. Cause I am working out some karma with grandpa right now, but <laughs> like, mm, okay. I am working through it. But like, I guess what I'm saying is you're assuming that your ex is thriving. You're assuming that your friends are thriving. And I'm telling you, 
a lot of people are probably looking at you like, oh my God, she's like living the life. She lives in this amazing flashy city. She has a million roommates, always something to do. They're younger than her. So she's like going out to bars and like going out to concerts and like living her dream. Whereas like I have a toddler and spit up on me all the time. And I have a house that I have to manage. And like, this is boring and monotonous. Mm. And like, she's living, you know, like she, she is still in that phase where she gets to do whatever she wants to do and like has fun. I mean, I guarantee you that is how you're coming across to a lot of people, um, without even realizing it. And so I'm sharing that with you so that you can understand your perspective of things is not always accurate. None of ours is. Um, and so comparing is a complete waste of time because you are not, you don't have all the information that you need at hand. It is apples to oranges, but even if it was something that you could line out and it would be a great exact comparison, you only have a fourth of the picture. Mm -hmm. So it's just completely useless. Um, so instead, instead of comparing yourself to other people, it's time for you to figure out what you want, because you have been making a lot of decisions out of desperation and out of loyalty to someone else. Mm. So like ask yourself, do you want to be living in this city? Do you want to be staying at this job? Do you want to be living with this? People? What are you getting out of it? You know what I'm picturing right now is in the notebook where he's like, what do you want? What do you want? Yeah, it's true. You, you have been making a lot of decisions probably that have nothing to do with what it is you want. And the one gift you've been given is freedom. If there's six other roommates, I would imagine that getting out of that lease is pretty easy. It's like, okay, go on Craigslist and like find some other 20 something to come replace you like easy. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just, I guess what I'm trying to say is the situation you're in isn't that hard to get out of if that's what you want, mm -hmm. but it seems like maybe you're either not sure what you want or you're not ready to leave this city because maybe you're not ready to move on. Mm. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> I know. I just like, I mean, I think that that's, especially when you get broken up with, like, I think that the, the healing time and the, the time it takes to get to a place where you're able to actually cut the cord on things and, you know, start the next chapter of your life that can take time and it's fine. It's totally okay if you're not there yet, but I think to Callie's point, like you're not stuck here, like where you're at is a choice, you know? And, and I think that when you really look at your life through the lens of everything is an active choice, I think that that brings you more empowerment to be able to choose what is going to be fulfilling to you and is going to bring you joy. Mm -hmm. And the second you can check your ego, I think the second you'll be happier. Cause I think yeah. a lot of this is ego based of I'm not good enough for being my age. I, I don't have it together. I should have more money. I should have a better job title. I should have a stable relationship. It's like, okay, so that's how, right? Like, yeah. and that's ego driven mm -hmm. and that's a tough thing to swallow sometimes, but it's time to accept that the image that you created for yourself as a 30 year old woman, whatever that looks like is not going to happen. It's going to be something different. And so it's time to really embrace who that person is. And, you know, maybe if that vision of who you had in your mind, when, you know, you're going to be who you are when you're 30, maybe you can work towards that for 35, or maybe you can decide, Hmm, that was kind of unhealthy. Like, maybe I should stop doing that to myself. Maybe I should like, this is when I get in this weird murky place where I'm like, goals are healthy, but some goals are really not healthy because there's a lot in life that we cannot control. Yeah. Um, a lot of it is timing. A lot of it is luck. A lot of it is just, you know, randomness. And so if you have this locked in version of the person that you want to be by a certain age, I frankly feel like those goals are dangerous. I think other life coaches might be like, no, that's what manifestation is. And it's like, okay, that's fine. Go for it. I think it leads to a lot of disappointment. And instead, if you can focus on the present moment and yeah. what makes you happy now and focus on being who you want to be today, 
I mean, don't you think that will get you closer to that goal anyway? That's what the Reiki lady said. She said that I was prioritizing and fixated so much on manifesting for my future that I was missing all of these meaningful moments to like manifest in the present moment. Like I should be manifesting how to show up as like a kind, accepting wife, how to be empowering to my clients, how to be a loving dog mom. And that those really are where my focus needs to be instead of like clinging on to this thing that I want so badly that seems so far-fetched that just leaves me feeling disappointed and discouraged and down. And, you know, so I, I think that, I think that she probably has to let go a little bit. I mean, I did, you know, this 30 flirty and not so thriving, like you are me, I am you. So do as I say, not as I do, but I will say I've gotten a lot better about this, but I used to be locked in to who future Callie was going to be in all of these really dumb milestones. Like I want to buy a really nice house or I want this, or I want this, or I want this. And it's like, <sighs> do those things matter? I don't know. I mean, do they matter to me? Yeah, they still matter to me. They're still relevant. I can't like change my stripes. Like I still am who I am, but should I be focusing on that all the time? No. And I found that it's so much more freeing and enjoyable and fun to just focus on the now and not get too caught up. Uh, and I've just been a lot happier doing that. And then just kind of assuming the rest will work out because if you make good decisions in the now, why do you think you're going to make bad decisions in the future? Like Mm -hmm. you won't, you're just going to continue to make the best decision for you in the moment. So I need you to stop worrying about, let's see here. She's 29. She's 29. And you just stop worrying about turning 30. Like just take it off the table. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about where you're going to be in a year. Don't worry about where you're going to be in two years. Don't worry about where you're going to be in five years. I need you to sit here and decide on a Saturday, what you're going to do today and how you're going to make your life happier right now. And ask yourself, I love this question so much. Ask yourself, like, what's my key motivation in wanting to do this? Because then it tells you like your motivating factor. Am I doing this? Am I staying in this city for someone else? Am I staying in this house because I'm punishing myself or because I really want to? So that's, you know, I think that she needs to take more of an active role in connecting with herself and figuring out how to prioritize herself and her needs. Yeah. She doesn't need to start trusting herself, which is probably going to be a really tall order given that she, I think, let herself down with a few of these decisions, um, by letting someone else take the reins and by letting someone else's opinion color hers. Um, that's again, not something you should punish yourself for. I think that you should trust yourself. And I think by making good smart, active decisions in the moment, you're going to continue to build trust for yourself, which helps the anxiety for the future dissipate. If you trust yourself and you develop a good relationship with yourself, then you're not worried about fucking it up 10 years down the road. Right. Yeah. And I think, have you ever seen that thing where it's like the teacher did like all of the, like one times one, one times two, one times three, one times four, and did all of them right, except one of them wrong. And all the kids were like, oh, you got one of them wrong. And it, and the lesson was like, I got nine, right. And you guys only focused on the one that I got wrong. And I think that that's such a testament to like mindset and perspective, because I think when you take such a blow, like, you know, your dreams of you know, she probably planned out what a life would look like with this person. And she probably was like feeding into that and excited about it. And then it all came crashing down. So she probably doesn't trust herself. And now she's probably in a position where she's looking at her life through all of the, you know, failures and all of the things that she's not doing and all of the milestones she's missing and all of the bars that she's not making. And it's like, we're all human and we all fuck up a lot. And that's the whole point of life, I think. And so the sooner that you can really like give yourself grace and realize that you're doing the best you can with what you got. And you have the fact that you're even writing into us tells us that you have awareness that this current situation is not 
in alignment with what you want out of your life. That's really all you need. The awareness piece is the seedling for change. And so the fact that you're writing in, the fact that you know that you're unhappy tells us like you're gonna be fucking fine, but it's gonna be better for you to be encouraging yourself and like, I would be the shittiest life coach if I was like, yeah, you suck. You made horrible decisions, major failure. And this is your life. It's over and it's over. Yeah. I would suck at my job. The whole point of it is like encouragement and empowerment and getting you to see your situation through your strengths and, and facts, facts. Elise. Yeah. Facts. Yeah. Those facts. I'm working on the facts. Yeah. And some facts. And like, I think changing your mindset a little bit to, to, um, understanding that the chapter of you putting yourself last and letting other people take advantage and going with the flow is over Mm -hmm. and it's dead. And it sounds like you haven't wanted to start a new chapter yet because new chapters are scary. You don't know what they entail. There's a grieving process too. I mean, we have to grieve the end of that chapter, but what's amazing is you have a major opportunity on your hands, a huge one to redefine, recreate, rebirth. Let's talk about, let's talk about a butterfly. Okay. A caterpillar literally only knows crawling on the ground and eating insects. And it literally climbs up a tree, creates a cocoon. And then did you know that a caterpillar literally disintegrates itself with acid and it turns into goo. It turns into literally slimy goo. I watched it on YouTube so I can attest to it. And then it turns into a beautiful literal magical animal that flies. It has a completely new life and it's like the rebirthing process. And I think we go through lots of rebirths throughout our lifetime. And this is exactly what that is. So if you look at it as like, you're starting as a caterpillar. Okay. And like, if Callie and I could tell you that you're going to end up like a fucking beautiful monarch butterfly flying along Malibu and going to Nobu and having a badass job with your badass friends and finding the partner of your dreams. And we could promise you that you would be like, yeah, hell yeah. I'm there. Which is why you need to label this the start of something new. If you don't mentally label it the start of something new, it's going to continue to drag out. And it's okay if you're not ready for that. It sounds like you are because you wrote in. Like, and again, one of the big markers of when it's time to start a new chapter is, are you sick of yourself? Mm. You sound pretty sick of yourself. So it's time. It's time. You've, You've arrived. It's time to start taking back control. And I think that you are someone who released a lot of control to someone else. And it is time to understand that you can't give that away again, but you also have to capitalize on it and start doing something with the control that you have. Because as we know, there's so much you cannot control, but where you live, who you work for, who you live with, all those things you can control and you don't like any of them. Yeah. So let's start making some decisions that are good for you. Yep. We need a new, a new fresh start, a new beginnings. I literally posted something on blush today that was about new beginnings. So how apropos, what's that mean? What does that mean? Oh, it's a stupid way of saying how appropriate. Oh, and it's spelled weird. A P R O P a pro P R O S. Apropos. How apropos, but it's like how apropos. Okay. I don't want to, we're, do we're going to, we're going to lesson anymore. <laughs> this has gone on for, it's getting out of hand. Okay. Elise, any final thoughts for our 30 flirty and not so thriving? I just want to say you're going to be just fine. And you got to trust us on this because if you make some moves, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to, you got to pull yourself up from the bootstraps and take, take your life into your own hands. And don't be afraid to use a lifeline. Uh, it seems like you're carrying around a lot of shame. Yeah. I'll work with this person. Yeah. Well, I, well, yeah, I actually wasn't thinking about that, but yes. Um, okay. Elise just volunteered to take you on, which is a big volunteers tribute. (laughs) Yeah. Which Elise, as we know, is the IP coach. Here we go. So, uh, that offer stands. Um, but I was more saying like, 
if you need some money, this is the time to call mm. on a friend or family member, parents, whatever, and crash while you reboot. Don't let your shame get in the way of making the decisions you need to make for you. Ooh. Right. Like we were talking about earlier with Elise, don't let your feelings drive you into decisions that are stupid. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Same thing here. This is one of those times where we need to strip back the feelings of shame, tell the ego to shut the fuck up and decide what is best for me logically. Mm-hmm. What, what milestones do I need to just tick off in order to get myself out of this situation? And that usually requires help from other people. Yes. It's an, an adorable story when it's like, oh, they, you know, pick themselves up from their bootstraps and like did all these things. It's like, I was reading the other day this is really dumb, but like, there's no such thing as a self-made billionaire. It doesn't exist. And there's probably no such thing as a self-made millionaire either. In fact, self-made is kind of a ridiculous thing to even say, because everyone comes from somewhere. Maybe occasionally there's someone that had literally no support system and just found a way to make it happen. Good for them. But the majority of people out there rise to success because they asked for help. Yeah. Did you know that Bill Gates actually got his start because his mom sat on the board, I think of IBM and then got like the chairman of IBM to like invest in his company. It's like, are you fucking serious? Mm -hmm. I mean, like (laughs) that's how this shit works. So basically I'm saying don't carry around shame. If you need to ask for help. I ask for help all the time. I love help. Help me. You don't have a problem with this. Why? Your best (laughs) quality. You like are like. I am a baby, the baby, (laughs) help me. I'm assuming that she's going to have a tougher time. So don't just do what you need to do to get where you need to go. And that's probably going to require you being vulnerable and Mm -hmm. talking to people and asking um, for those lifelines. And then again, uh, if you want to work with Elise, remember we have promo code bless you all caps for 25% off your first month. Yay. Elise, any other thoughts? No. Okay, good. Okay. Well, we hope this helped. We're, we're really rooting for you. Please write in with an update. We would love to hear it. Uh, and then if you have a story that you want to share with us, you can write into bless you at joinblush.com. Or what we found is it's way easier to submit on the website. So just go to joinblush.com and click podcast and you'll see a form and you can submit your story there as well. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Thanks. Okay. Bye. (laughs) Goodbye.